Welcome to Meditation Monday. Good I'm morning. I'm Marissa Namir, and this is my lovely co-host, Joy Dudley. Um, we just want to refresh you and encourage you, hopefully put a spring in, in your step as you move into this new week. Um, we, we love to remind you of the gospel and the, the, um, the kind heart that the Lord has towards you. Um, so with that said, uh, last week we talked a little bit about the fatherhood of God. Um, Joy and I are studying, we're in a group where we are studying the uh, Apostles' Creed. So last week we were talking about Heidelberg 6 and the uh, 26 and the fatherhood of God. Um, this week we're thinking about it in terms of the creed. Um, the Apostles' Creed specifically, the first phrase or the first part of this says, I believe in God the Father Almighty. So, and, you know, I alluded to this last week, but sometimes we have a misperception of who God even is as a result of our own experiences in life. And I just want to encourage you with this this week to really seek to understand the nature of God as he's revealed in scripture. Um, he is our father, which designates an affection and an affinity that the Lord has for us, especially in Christ. Um, but he is also the father almighty. And so listen to what one of the reformers, Casper Livianus, has to say about the almighty nature of God. He says, um, when, when we affirm, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, I believe as a Christian that I have a covenant with God Almighty, who by his omnipotence both brings to pass whatever he wills in all the world and prevents, confuses, drives back, whatever he does not will or has not decreed so that it is impossible for these things to happen. For just as he is omnipotent in bringing to pass that which he wills, he also brooks no resistance and that which he does not will, which is as it were, the other part of divine omnipotence. This omnipotence should always be kept in view by the covenant partners or faithful citizens of the kingdom of God. Just as the Lord from the beginning set it before the eyes of Abraham, the father of believers in his covenant, I am almighty God. And earlier, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. Therefore, I should pay it, pay it not pay attention to anything that seems to contradict the divine promises, whether in myself or in other creatures, but I should praise God for his omnipotence and cheerfully follow him when he calls. Then he says, every faithful covenant partner of God should develop an even greater inner certainty by that same omnipotence by which God created and governed them by his wonderful providence, not just by some, uh, some universal reason or motion, but by the particular one indeed, 
one that extends to the, to the smallest sparrows and the, and the most significant hairs on our head. Recall uh, Heidelberg one. This is amazing promise that God has made to us. Joy, you're up. Would you like to, um, you know, leading into this, we understand that the almighty nature of God leads into the providence of God his care for, for us and all his creatures, especially towards those who are his children. Yes. So what does he say? Uh, what does, what did the reformers say? What does the, the Heidelberg Catechism say regarding the providence of God? Yes. So uh, Heidelberg um, question 27 asks the question, what do you understand by the providence of God? And the answer is God's providence is almighty and ever-present power, whereby, as with his hand, he still upholds heaven and earth and all creatures, and so governs them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and barren years, food and drink, health and sickness, riches and poverty, indeed, all things come to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. Amen. Yes. And then um, 28 uh, says this, what does it benefit us to know that God has created all things and still upholds him them by his providence? And the answer to that is we can be patient in adversity, thankful in prosperity, and with a view to the future, we can have a firm confidence that our faithful God and Father, that no creature shall separate us from his love, for all creatures are so completely in his hand that was without his will, they cannot so much as move. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I really love Heidelberg because it always asks, like, what benefit does that bring to us that we would know these things. Mm -hmm. And R Romans 8, 38 and 39. Remember this, brothers and sisters, this week, um, if you remember nothing else we've said, focus and meditate on this. The scripture says, um, for I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to Thank God. God. Joy, did you have anything to add? I know you had... Um, you had one uh, one citation that I found particularly encouraging that you had sent to me earlier today. Would you like to share that with us? I would love to share it. It is from the Belgic Confession um, and parts from the Article 13 on the providence of God. And it tells us why we should take particular comfort from this, from the doctrine of God's providence. Um, it says, this doctrine gives us unspeakable comfort since it teaches us that nothing can happen to us by chance, but by only the arrangement of our gracious heavenly father, 
who watches over us with fatherly care, sustaining all creatures under his lordship, so that not one of the hairs on our heads, for they are all numbered, nor even a little bird can fall to the ground without the will of our Father. In this thought we rest, knowing that God holds in check the devils and all of our enemies who cannot hurt us without divine permission and will. Amen. Thanks be to God. We have a great, wonderful Father. So in these times that are so trying for us and the world that we live in, the culture that we experience, even our daily lives that bring us stress, we have so much to cling to and to understand. Um, God is faithful. He's our faithful father. He's our good father. He's our generous father. And it's particularly demonstrated, as we say so many times, in the fact that he sent his one and only son to be that perfect sacrifice for us and to be our perfect mediator yes. and friend whoever yes. intercedes for us and is coming again. Yes. I always like to, to say that it's really important not to divorce God's kindness from his sovereignty, because a lot of times when we talk about providence and sovereignty, we kind of throw it out there and say, well, God is in control. God is sovereign without really taking into consideration just how kind and good the father is and the adversity he sends us in whatever life of sorrow that we go through and how, um, how, I mean, we can't really make sense of suffering without looking back at Jesus and the cross, because that is the ultimate example of God using terrible and horrible things for the glory of his name and for the salvation of his people. And we could not just look back at Christ Jesus as, as the ultimate example of, of what has been bought and purchased for us, but we could also relate to God as our father because of what Christ has done for us. And because we can now see everything that we go through, every trial that we go through, every hardship um, that we go through um, is being woven together by a good and kind father. And we, we don't know why it's happening to us now, but we can trust that it's still working for our good. Amen. Thank you for bringing that. I love that uh, understanding. And I think it took me a while in my own life to recognize that, yes, God is sovereign. That means he's capable of anything. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. But we do not divorce that, those ideas from the understanding that God is kind and good and generous, even, even to the point where he provides faith and repentance. Yes. So let us, um, let us always be looking to Christ. Amen. Well, we'll bring this to a close. And as always, we bid you gospel blessings and look forward to next time.